HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky tunes.
Sunday music right there. Uh, that was just Alice Bowman, What, off EP2. Should be coming up, bringing all that uh, soulful, Swedish, introspective music live. Second half of the show. I'm Darren Bresnitz. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. Uh, shout out to Greg, who's hanging out in the desert for Coachella, having a good time at the Ace Hotel. We have a big, big show today. Some of my favorite people in food are in the studio because right around the corner... In May, it's the James Beard Award, a.k.a. the Oscars Woo-hoo. of the food world. And we have Mitchell Davis, the Executive Vice President of the James Beard Foundation, returning. Thank you so much. Awesome. Happy to be here. We also have Mike Thielen in the house, whose list of things is long as well. But we'll go with co- co-founder of Feast. Hey, how are you? Uh, we have food writer, managing editor of Serious East, Jamie Feldmar. Hi. And we have uh, bartender, beverage director of Maison Premier, and James Beard Award nominee, Maxwell Britton. Yes. Hello. Congratulations, buddy. Thank you, guys. Uh, first nomination? Yes, sir. How do you feel? It's pretty... It's surreal. Very surreal. All right. I just, I, we have to ask. So, we'll get to, so, Mason Premier, you've been on the show before. You guys have been around for a few years now. Yep. Um, you guys are doing great things with your beverage program. What was it like when the list came out and you saw your name on it? Did your phone start ringing or did you, hear, did you read it firsthand? How did that happen? Are you t- the semifinalist or the finalist? We'll go with one and two. Okay. I'll explain the difference later. Yeah. Sure. Uh, with the fi- semifinalist, honestly, I mean, what we've been doing at Mason Premier is just, that's just who we are. That's what we love to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, the being even being a semifinalist was not even a notion for us. It wasn't something we were considering. I didn't even know they were announcing the semifinalist. And I just woke up one morning and my girlfriend thought that I just like got a phone call about a dead family member or something because I was like, oh my God. Oh my God! And she's like, "What happened?" I was like, "We were semifinalists in James Beard." Oh my God! It was nuts. And then once it was finally on our radar, then I started realizing what was happening. And I'm like, "Wow, this is this is just an incredible experience. How great is this? I can't believe we're finally we're, we're being recognized." Yeah. And uh, and so it was a really scary few weeks leading up to the finalists. At that point, it was really on my radar. I knew they were going to be live streaming the announcement. And so I I was like, I could not sleep the night before. Wow. And uh, we all kind of went out the evening before just hanging out together, being like, if this is the only moment we get to have together, yeah. just like knowing that we're, we're this far, let's just you know, hang out together as a, as a team and as a family. And I think all of us couldn't sleep the net that night. And then uh, I just woke up, and I think they had some trouble live streaming 
Or they had to wait for the mayor. We were in Chicago, and Rahm Emanuel was late. He he was opening the thing, so everyone was sitting there pounding us about why Livestream hadn't started yet, but it's his fault. I blame (laughs) Rahm. And I was just freaking out. I'm like, when are they going to do this? And and it started happening really fast because it's it's a few categories they really have to go through. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we read a hundred and something. Yeah. Names. Yeah. And I had no idea what order it was going to go in. And then you know, at one point, they finally got to the outstanding bar program category, and I think we were like the fourth uh, the fourth nomination announced. And so there was three that had already gone in. And I'm just like, as like one more name gets announced after another, I'm starting to be like, oh no, oh my god, Mason. I'm just like, say it, just say it. <laughs> they did, and I was in my apartment by myself with my dog, and my girlfriend had just left for work in the morning, and I just started screaming like I was like watching football. I'm like, yes, <laughs> just like shouting. The dog was barking. My neighbors must have heard me. It was, it was intense. What was the first drink you made after that? Oh, man, I'm not sure. I don't think we made any. I, I, well, I mean, it was like, you know, 10 in the morning. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay. Hey, you never know. It was I mean, nine in Chicago. I wouldn't judge. <laughs> yeah. No judgments here. No judgments. No, it was a lot of phone calls and just a lot of talking and then heading straight into work. And of we course. were just like, you know, we we're all over the moon at that point. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Mitchell, for those who don't know what the James Beard uh, Foundation and the awards are, can you give a little background to our listeners? Sure. Um, I mean, the foundation started after James Beard died in 1985. A bunch of his friends got together, raised some money, bought his house without really knowing what they were going to do with it, honestly. It's not like there was a master plan, uh, but it had been such a meeting place and uh, really an informal center of American foods, specifically in New York, but certainly everyone across the country came in. There's this famous story when Julia Child first wrote the manuscript for Mastering the Art of French Cooking. She her editor asked who she wanted to meet on her first trip to New York, and she said, well, James Beard was the person to meet. And that was in 59. So right. after he died, um, they bought this house, and they, they they needed to raise some money because it, his estate had all been dispersed. Um, it was left mostly to Reed College in Portland, where he had been a student, although he didn't graduate from there. That's a, a topic for <laughs> another show. And... Um, and uh, they started to invite some chefs to do dinners, to raise some money. The first one was uh, some guy cooking in California by the name of Wolfgang Puck, who wasn't that Never known. heard of him. Yeah, well, Never. at that time, if you in New York, you might not have heard of him. Yeah. Um, certainly before the Home Shopping Network and before uh, a lot of things. Before any, In fact, um, it, after that dinner, there was a funny article in the Times that defined California cuisine for those of us on the East Coast who had no idea what that might be. Um, Anyway, and and so it just began to progress. And so that was 87. Puck cooked that dinner in January of 1987. In fact, we still have the little thank you note that Peter Kump, our founding president and friend of James Beard, wrote to him saying, you know, this is really good. Maybe people should come cook dinners. Maybe Hmm. maybe this could be a center for food that way. And um, then in 91, we started the Beard Awards. Um, And the Beard Awards took this little house in Greenwich Village where chefs were coming very regularly to cook dinners and and to do different events and sort of shone a national spotlight on the food industry. Um, In 91, um, you know, the rising star chef of the year was someone you wouldn't have heard of then either named Todd English, who has become uh, clearly a household name and some other names. And um, and and it's just gone on from there. So uh, over the years, the process has evolved and the programs have evolved. We used to do cookbooks and restaurant and chef awards, and we've expanded over the years to do broadcast media, journalism, uh, restaurant design. And a few years ago, we added a bar program, recognizing how important restaurant, well, cocktails and bar programs and wine programs are to the experience of gastronomy. So 
So you are one of the very, there haven't been that many nominees in the bar program category, and so it's really fun to be here with you to hear that story. Now, Mike, being out in Portland, do you uh, feel that the James Beer Awards are great? I know you're in New York now, but being out there, do you feel that James Beer Awards are a great unifier for the chef community? And that it sort of ties everyone together and brings everyone out once a year? Yeah, I mean, I think from my perspective, too, Reed College, as Mitchell mentioned, that's in Portland. And James right. Beard grew up in, you know, he's an Oregonian. So um, I think we Oregonians sort of have a sense of regional pride about James mm-hmm. Beard. But there's no question that the Beard Foundation, and I'm not, obviously we're not saying this just because Mitchell's sitting right here, <laughs> has done more to legitimize our industry than anything else. Yeah. I mean, sort of um, elevating it and giving someone to hang a hat on uh, – especially with the award show and how much that has grown over the years. I mean, Jamie, from a media point of view, where do you think the importance of the James Beard Awards has set or is now going to sit over the next few years? I mean, you know, you can't understate the importance of, um, of winning or even being nominated for a Beard Award um, in terms of, you know, the increased recognition you'll get from, from the public, from customers, but also, you know, from the press, um, it's just, it's huge. You can't, you know, you can't understate it. Um, if you're talking about the Chef and Restaurant Awards specifically, and then, of course, there's the Journalism Awards, which is a whole other shebang, but we can talk about that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, the media, sorry, but the uh, media awards are, not that they're as, not as well known as it, but it's becoming this, like, extra special part of it where it's almost, a, it's its own right, its yeah. own ceremony, especially with the sort of renaissance of, food media and like more niche things like that like lucky peach and other magazines and other videos like that yeah so the media awards happen on friday night the big award on this year may uh 2nd and the big awards are on may 5th which happens to be james beard's birthday that's why they're time for the first monday in may um and the media awards um <laughs> have um one of the things about the Chef Awards is there are a few categories that change every year because Best New Restaurant, Rising Star, because new things come into play, mm-hmm. even restaurant design. Um, the Chef categories for the regions or the Outstanding Chef, those are people people know. I mean, the semifinalist has a lot of people that you might not have seen um, before, but but uh, it's hard to have a complete unknown person on a regional Chef Award category. Whereas in the Journalism Awards, they're they're voting on on work that year, very unique to you know maybe same similar names but certainly more open to what's happening. And because of the explosion of media, there was that period where the media awards were happening and everyone, they were sort of the most depressing awards that we've ever done because everyone was losing their jobs and cutting um, the, right. the food, you know, the number of pages and all that sort of stuff. I mean, the, we used to have an award for the number of food sections, uh, or for food sections in newspapers, but they don't even exist anymore. So there obviously has been a huge transition, but now with blog awards, uh, for, we, we went platform neutral, I should say, so that it doesn't matter if something appeared on a blog or it appeared first um, um, I don't know what the other options are on a website wh- whatever that, su- that suddenly they're up against um, each other and print and traditional things and that has just exploded the whole thing <laughs> um, yeah someone's making bad bad symbols to us through the window here um, so that has exploded speaking of food media yeah. A food mediaist himself um, has really exploded the excitement and they've become this whole new genre. And as you say, Lucky Peach, which is sort of traditional media, but in a new form, yeah. it couldn't really have happened after the blog no, world, no. Um, is practically had a sweep this year. They're, they're nominated, I think, in five seven. or six, seven. seven. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Seven categories. Um, it's pretty amazing. I mean, and the night itself, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the night and then we'll talk about this year. But um, if you've never been, it's one of, I think yeah. it's actually, it's my favorite night. 
in food. I mean, everyone gets dressed up. It's so special. And you can go. People don't think they can go. But I know. it actually is open to the public. It's open to the public. It, it, it ain't cheap because no. it comes with a giant celebration afterwards with 30 chefs cooking and mixologists and the whole shebang. But but it's open to the public. At jamesbeard.org, you can find out how to buy tickets, actually. I mean, it's amazing. You all, I mean, I'm sure we all have good stories of our past nights there and after stories. I remember... <laughs> Don't plan anything early Tuesday morning. No. That's the first, first piece of advice. I can't yes. remember if it was last year or maybe two years ago, Jamie and I were eating hot dogs in the kitchen of EMP. Yeah. Uh, and so was Maxwell. We were all there together. We were all there together. Yeah. It was... A, never eaten a hot dog in the kitchen of a four-star restaurant at three in the morning in a black tie outfit with flip-flops, you're really missing out, let me tell you. <laughs> well, let's see. I believe last year at a beard party, I met um, some of the winners of RuPaul's Drag Race, which was unexpected, yes. And suddenly there were 18-foot-tall women, in sort of, in the room. And, and so, yeah, think, crazy things happen. <laughs> I mean, I wonder with the, the trending upwards and mainstream culture of uh, food... I wonder if the award shows are going to start seeing more celebrities outside of the inner circle of chefs. Well, absolutely. I mean, they, you already do. Um, and this year, our theme happens to be music and food and appropriate. Huh. Yeah, and appro- I don't think those things ever really someone, go together. Someone should really try and make a go of that. <laughs> no, nah, it'll never work. Um, and so this year, there's going to be some famous performers. There's going to be some unexpected hosts. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, well, let's take a quick pause, and we'll talk about this year, and we'll talk about... Uh, who some of the contenders are. Forward. 
in stone, Captain Wood can't control all these nights of Everest. Spin up into the wilderness, nothing is set in stone, Captain Wood can't control. No heavy rain's gonna hold me down anymore. No sin or shame's gonna strain my soul. Um, so we're talking uh, all things James Beard today, and we're talking about uh, this year's upcoming uh, event, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, we have uh, Maxwell Britton in the house, who is first-time nominee, um, Mitchell Davis, who is part of the organization, Mike from Feast Portland, and Jamie Feldmar, managing editor at Serious Eats. And former James Beard intern. Yes. Former <laughs> James Beard intern. And uh, a regular contributor to James Beard Publications. Yes. And a little known fact, Beard filmed several of his television shows in Canada in the 60s. Really? Wow. Mm. One in Calgary, one in Toronto, one in Calgary. Actually, the one in Toronto was in fi- the 50s. Where are his television shows? I've looked all over yeah, for this. Yeah, they're almost nowhere. Um they they're hard to find. He was actually terrible on TV, although he was the first person on TV in 1945. Um, then he had his own show in 1946. I mean, TV was 6 months old in 45 when he right. was first on. And uh, but he there's there's a few floating around. You can see them. We show them at a reel at the Beard House. Like what? Dump and stir? Is it cooking demos or no? Well, those early ones were hysterical because they took radio shows. Speaking of radio, like a famous show called Matinee, um, something Matinee, just left my mind. Um, and they just put they just put them on air a little bit now. Like they you know like um, Howard Stern is filmed and put on air. Um, and so he had to do commercials. He had to stop. And they had they had regular characters that came on like Hi, Mister Milkman. Like it was very. Pee Wee's Playhouse only original, amazing. It was all live to tape. Yeah, everything, and so that's why they don't exist because the the medium was so expensive, and they never knew what was going to last. That they just taped right over everything. So uh, there's no archive of the early early stuff. There is a. I'm sorry, this is more no, geeky this is great. James Beard geekdom than you need. Dana Poland, who's a, a TV historian at um, NYU, found um, transcripts of the first 45 show. We, we knew he started in 46, but he found transcripts of him on TV from 45 because um, the FCC and the advertisers um, needed to know that they had happened so they would type up what was being said. Huh. And that exists at the Library of Congress. It's the only record of those early shows. Anyway. Amazing. Yeah. So this year, Food and Music. Yes, Food and Music. Um, you know, the idea being... Uh, Food is so important in so many ways, both in the culture of a city, but also in the kitchen, in the dining room, in the, you know, there's a, there's snacky tunes, for instance. And so, so it's a loose food and music um, definition, I would say, but, but we're, the chefs cooking at the reception afterwards are all coming from towns like Nashville or Austin or Athens, Georgia. So it's, it's real, Detroit, it's, it's a real mix of, of culture, I would say. So, um. How does one prepare? I mean, I know that we're all, I'm assuming we're all going to be there. Um, Maxwell, how are you preparing for this year? 
can't wait to see what the Maison Premier team wears. I'm looking forward to that. Probably like shirts, like t-shirts <laughs> and shorts. Uh, yeah, that's uh, gonna dress I mean, yeah. I mean, stuff. well, I think you're, you're right. Um, we, we're definitely we're kind of quietly playing it by ear for the time being. Um, it's going to look Oscars 1924. It's going to be sort of like a great Gatsby nice. kind of over the top kind of situation going on. I mean, if if if, if it's all us only just getting to go to the awards, we're going to try to make the most of it of for course. ourselves, you know, and it's definitely the kind of occasion that, you know, we certainly tout ourselves around town already, you know, as like a uh, as a click. Mm-hmm. So, having the opportunity to to go to these awards together is in itself just something that we're going to have so much fun with. I mean, awesome. that's going to be a crazy weekend, because you also have your legendary derby party that Saturday. It's going to be nuts, yeah, because I'm actually also bartending the Media Awards for James Beard on Friday, mm. and then uh, then we have party. our derby party on Sunday, and then, uh, or Saturday, and Saturday. then Sunday evening we have the Chef's Night Out, and we're, then Monday evening is the awards, so it's yeah. going to be a busy weekend for us, mm-hmm. for me. Mike, Jamie, how do you guys get ready for the awards? Uh, well, this year, um, I mean, I think I'll be coming back from Texas, so I'll be sort of post barbecue. So you know, <laughs> nice. uh, you know, I think it's important. You, you kind of luckily in the food world, there's not too much happening in April. Not too much. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot, but uh, you know, it gives you some time to you know swim a few laps, go see your trainer, <laughs> get out the kettleballs. That's how you're getting. You're really training for the Brit Awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah you have to mentally and fit. no, it's an amazing weekend though, and it's great because like literally. People you only see once a year. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really the only. There's so much of a festival culture and food event culture now, but like it's really the only weekend of the year where you see everybody. Yeah, and you have to be you have to be prepared. Um, you know, get extra business cards printed out. Um, <laughs> plan out. You know, for press, it's a lot of uh, planning the questions that you want to ask. Uh, you know, winners doing your research on all the nominees so that you can be prepared to ambush them in the press room after they come off stage in a state of shell shock. Um, and you also have to strategize what you're going to wear. Um, I think as press, it's actually, you know, all the chefs get super dressed up. It's a black tie event, and uh, most journalists do too. But um, footwear is a very serious concern at these events where you're on your feet for all literally all night yes. long, um, especially for ladies. I at this point in my career, um, I just wear flats. It's just not worth it for me. Me too. To... I've, I found those work much better than the, <laughs> yeah. the heels I would normally wear. But but you can t- the the women hobble in Tuesday morning. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Tough. I feel for them. Um, I wish I could ask you to share any surprises or secrets with us. Um, I don't know if I have. You know what I've always wanted to know. When do you pick the f- the winners? Uh, it actually happens right up until the very end because the balloting process, we we referred to the semifinalists, which is a long list that yeah. comes out of an open call for entry, happens in February, the nominees happen in March, and then the balloting process for the final votes is really just being tallied sort of um, right up till a couple of days before. I Most of us know absolutely nothing. It's done at a, an accounting firm, just like um, the Oscars, you know, mm-hmm. Price, it's not Price Waterhouse. I don't even know if they still exist anymore, but... <laughs> but um, but uh, we don't know. No, no one on staff knows until they read them that night. There's no embargoes. We don't give out to pre- anyone. Hmm. Uh, you know, it's funny. I'm also one of the um, jurors for the World's 50 Best um, Awards, the San Pellegrino Awards that are announced next week in London. And um, 
And there, every year, someone leaks them uh, while we're sitting there. Everyone starts to know it's usually in Spain, although I won't name names, but there is a Spanish chair who must know something since it's a Spanish journal. But suddenly you can feel the air go out of the room yeah. a little bit. I mean, obviously, the list is the list, and, and it's great to, to, to be on it no matter how it's announced. But everyone wants to know, and we, we take that to heart. We really want to keep it... Um, as yeah. close as we can. What country do you think is going to be number one for San Pellegrino this oh, year? Oh, gosh. I, so many people have been asking me that, and I'm really naive. I just vote. I get my people to vote, and I just vote, and I actually don't... I have no idea, honestly. Like, I do think there's a powerful incumbency thing that happens in yeah. all of these lists. Yeah. Uh, but then I was told the other night by Anya von Bremsen, who's one of the panelists who knows so much about what's going on in the world of, of food, that that would never happen. The incumbent will not win this year. So I don't know what she knows, but mm. more than I, so... Here we go. Mm. All right. Well, gentlemen, lady, I'm looking forward to seeing you all in the same room uh, in just a few weeks' time. Uh, Mitchell, any final information for people who want to check out the ward to follow what's happening? Well, yeah. You, as I said, the the ward ceremony itself is open to everyone. It's at Lincoln Center, although in a different theater. We'll be at the Coke Theater this year oh. across the way. Um, but um, you can watch it live. It's live stream starting at 6.30 on Monday, May 5th um, at jamesbeard.org or on live stream at Eater. Lots of people carry the feed. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. Um, so throw a party and vote for your favorite uh, chefs and restaurants and, and bars and all the people who are up for awards. It's just... It means so much to a community, I think, that has historically um, received attention, obviously, uh, amongst itself and its own organizations. But but this one's for America. And, and as, as the Beard Foundation, really, the pride and the evolution that's gone into American food in the last 20 years or 25 years since the award started um, has, you know, it's for all of us, really, and, and as a country to be proud about what's happened and, and what's gone on. And I think that um, show your support. Even if you're not a foodie, watch, pay attention. Be excited. Yeah. You can learn a lot. Yep. Well, everyone, thank you so much. Stick around. We'll have some uh, more drinks, some more pizza. Uh, we have uh, some live music coming up next. Spin it out. Spin it Oh, so-
Alice Bowman, welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thank you. Hol- hol- hailing all the way from one of my favorite countries in, of all time, Sweden. Um, I've actually never been to Malmo. Uh, I've passed through it from Copenhagen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a nice town. It's a great town. Yeah? It is. Yeah? <laughs> it's quite small. Yeah? It's smaller. Smaller. Yeah. You can bike everywhere. It's or not- walk. You can walk everywhere in Malmo. But you guys have a debaser there, right? We do. Yeah. Do you like that? <laughs> Uh, I've played at Debaser. I've oh. been to Debaser. Um, it's nice. I mean, uh, I like. Uh, I re- I'm a big fan of Swedish culture. I like your sweaters. Oh, sweaters. Yeah. Oh, the knit. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan. So, Alice, welcome to Snacky Tunes. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out on a Sunday. Thank you for having me. Uh, really like your songs. Thanks. Really awesome. Your voice is very nice. Very good Sunday music. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. It's kind of calm. It's calm. It's good. It's it takes me out of like some of the craziness, and I just get to like hang out. That's great. So, when did you start picking up uh, your musical musings, pursuing this career? Uh, it's kind of the last year. I've okay. been doing this for like yeah, like a year ago. I realized I really wanted to do this. Yeah. Yeah, full time or try to. Yeah, but you started before you just right. Yeah. When did you start? I guess I've been singing all my life. My father, he's uh, he's always been singing and playing the guitar. Okay. So we sang together when I was a kid. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. So I guess it's always been there. Yeah. Was Daddy a rock and roller, or is he just more like? Uh... It's no, he's not. No, he's more like a country, country guy. Yeah. Yeah. So hanging out in Malmo, singing songs with Dad. Yeah. That's really nice. <laughs> um, but you're not playing. You don't play country though. I don't. Um, so how did you get into the genre that you play? I don't know. I don't know what, what genre it is, really. It's nice. It's nice. It's a Comic. nice genre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, actually. Um, I I I love the like the the great songwriters. Yeah. I just I basically love a good song, a simple good song. So that's I try to write good simple songs. I mean, I know when people think of Sweden, they think of like ABBA and things like that. Yeah. And but I know that they had a sort of like a second wave with all the rock and roll in like the early two thousands and things like that. Um, what is your feel on the music coming out of the Swedish scene? Um, my feel on the, I'm not the most updated girl <laughs> when it comes to new music. Actually, I listen more to old music, but um, there's a lot of good music. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the new Licky Lee album. Yeah, she's great. Out in May, I think. It's her third one, right? Yeah. Yeah. It it's uh, she's fan- do you find her to be an inspiration? Sort of like this big powerhouse of music coming out of Sweden. Yeah, I do. Yeah, she's. I like her. Um, I like her. She's cool. She's really cool. She feels like a strong woman. Like, yeah, she does her own thing. I remember yeah. seeing her at South by years ago when the first album came out and be like. Oh, you can really feel her energy. Mm. Good vibe. Mm. Um, do you want to play a song for us? I do. What do you want to play for us? And uh, this song is called "Waiting." It's from my first EP. Cool. All right. Well, Alice Bowman live here on Snacky Tunes. So bad. 
So I heard recently you're going to be playing the Green Man Festival this yeah, summer. Yeah. That lineup is awesome. Yeah. You excited? I am excited. How does your music translate? I mean, it's so like beautiful and haunting in a way, and like delicate. Like, how does it transfer to a giant festival like that? I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, <laughs> I, I I I like it when it, you have like a really great, a big sound. What's it called? Like a big uh, sound system. You can yeah. get this the giant sound system. Yeah. Sonic boom. Sonic boom. There we go. <laughs> so I think it can be, um, as long as it's loud, Yeah. it can be calm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm going to play also quite early in the day so people can chill. and Chill out. It's not going to be like a late show. No, you're not, not the, the big EDM bass drops. No, 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 no. 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 Um, so... Uh, I've been to Stockholm a few times mm. in Sweden, things like that. I'm a really big fan of the food there. Mm-hmm. Um, do you cook at all? Do you bring? Have you brought any Swedish food with you to the states? No, I haven't. No, no, but I cook a lot. What I love you, cooking. What do you cook? Um, mainly like vegetable dishes. Okay. Veg—that's a hard word, but like uh, stews and stuff. Rice. I love rice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you haven't brought any like the dill, potatoes, cream. That that's I don't eat that no. very often, no. no but I like it. Yeah. It's good. Dill. That's I have dill in a lot of things. Yeah. But not with Yeah. It's good with fet- feta cheese. Yeah? It's that's great. Very great. Yeah. Very Greek. Very Greek. Yeah. So how long have you been here in the States? Uh I came I came to New York yesterday and then I was in LA for four days. 
Are you enjoying it? So I am. I love it. Yeah. I've never been here. It's fun, right? It is. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you get some good Mexican food in LA? Sorry? Did you get Mexican food in LA? I didn't. Mm. Or hmm? fish tacos. Yep, that counts. Yeah. Yeah, tacos. Off yeah. point. Yeah. What were you doing in LA? Uh, doing some showcases. And I had a... Uh, or one... Wait, yeah. Just meeting people. A little meet and greet. A little LA meet and greet. Yeah. Very... That's... Mm. <laughs> it does not get much more American than that. Um, so what are you looking forward to most being in uh, New York? Is there anything you want to go, see, do, eat? Uh, I want to eat a lot. I've heard... Yeah. You hear a lot about the food here. Do you really? You can, yeah. Or that you can eat. And yeah. There's so much great places I've Wait, heard. Wait. You're about to say you can eat anything? No. I mean, you can find anything you want here. Can't you? Sort of. I mean, no? there's there's some meats you can't find. Some meats. Yeah. Like, I don't know, elephant, well, horse. Well, okay, yeah. Donkey. Yeah, I get what you You know, yeah. dogs, cats, things mm. like that. Um, okay, you can't eat everything. No, anything. but it's, it's, it's diverse. Yeah. We don't have a lot of Swedish restaurants here, though. We have Aquavit. Yeah, not much. No. No. Ikea. Ikea. I would say. It's not even a joke. I would say probably Ikea mm. probably serves the most amount of Swedish food in the in the city. But those meatballs aren't really meatballs. Like, I would say. Like traditional meat? Like they're not meat or they're just not traditional meatballs? Or I, Well, I guess they're meat. Or yeah. I don't know if they're meat, actually, because it could be something else. In could there. be something else. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so what are you going to be doing in New York while you're here? Um, also some showcases and I, I have three shows just, uh, they're kind of, we couldn't announce them because, so they're really small. And Can you uh, not, I'm looking to the, I'm looking to the management team. Can we announce them? No, uh, they're, they're shaking their heads. All right. Sorry. That's cool. That's cool. Bill. I, I'm not doing any shows here. No. So, uh, no. winking doesn't really translate over radio, by the no, way. No, Wink. You got to say wink. Wink. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So no shows here. Wink. Wink. Um, okay. Well, that's great. Um, do I'm just here for the food. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hey, that's good enough. That's good enough. Um, we'll play another song. Yeah. What do you want to play? This one is called "Lead Me." Okay. Yeah. Sweet. It's from uh, an upcoming uh, EP. Man, you are putting out so much music right now. Well. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. But it it's is. just it's it's a lot. It's great. More songs. More songs. Um, here we go. Uh, Alice Bowman live on Snacky Tunes once again. Thank you. 
you look at me, I feel all exposed. I swear it feels like, I swear it feels like you can see right into my soul. What do you say? Kabam. Kabam. I don't, I don't know what that is. Kabam. 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 It's like mic drop. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Maybe get some sound effects. You can do that to like if you got to play later at night. Just uh, program in some like you know grenade drops or something like that. Would be awesome. Um, Good idea. So I know that the Swedish people are always super proud of their culture. Mm. Um, things like you know Stutterheim, those raincoats that like really embrace. Oh yeah. Check them out. Anyway, what? Stutterheim, the Swedish raincoats. <laughs> Never mind. Well, yeah, I, I yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> <clears throat> that's the only Swedish thing I know about the culture. That and the sweaters. Okay, just clothing. Okay. Um, but how much of your Swedishness would you say comes into your music? People say that like the the Nordic people are quite, uh, maybe not sad, but. Uh, What's it called? Melancholy? You're not out there. You're in, in introvert, maybe. And kind of, or maybe not. No. I don't know. No, I don't know what I'm... But but it's cold. It's very cold. It's cold. So, and yeah. Uh, I guess that has a lot to do with it. I think... Isolated. Isolated? No. Yeah. You're friendly people. We're friendly. Yeah. You're we friendly. Um, I think Bullet Magazine gave what? Saddest Song of the Week? Yes. Which is really funny, but also sort of amazing. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't find that song to be like a super sad song, but I don't know. I mean, do you just, when you're writing, do you, are you trying to make like melancholy introverted songs or is just sort of, that's just what comes through? That's just what comes true. Yeah. Cause it's, you're, you're smiling the whole time. Yeah. I'm not a very sad person, but I mean, it's always like that, right? I mean, yeah, I, I couldn't write a happy song. I I, I haven't. Have I tried? No, I have. I don't want to. <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> the label says you need a happy song. No, Dry, I'm not going to do it. That's my line in the sand. No, or I, I don't think I can do it. I mean, uh, you know, really happy songs. Eh, you know, like every once in a while. You want them to be sad, right? You want a them little to bit. feel something. Or yeah, I okay, want in a happy song. You can feel happy, but. I would say even the happy songs I like have a little bit of sadness in them, mm. or a little bit of grit. Mm. You know. Yeah? So, I know you're in New York and you're not playing shows. I'm not playing shows. Wink. But what do you have coming up? Um, busy summer? Yeah, I'm doing some actual shows. In, Ooh, can in, we talk uh, about those? Some festivals. Yeah. So, you're playing in Green the, Man? Yeah. What else are you playing? Um, End of the Road. It's also in the UK. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's a festival in Norway called Slottsfjell. Okay. And some shows in Sweden. And then, yeah, the EP, it's coming out in June. Let's talk about the releases. Yeah. So what, what do you got? You have a, a, a few things coming out. Yeah. Um, I know you have EP2. Mm. Talk about that. How is writing that and that coming out and the whole thing? Because you're doing a bunch of EPs. You're not doing just one straight out for an album. No, yeah, it's two EPs in, in one. It's like the old EP. The old EP. Which is Skisser. Right. Which is beautiful as well. Thank you. And then you have this EP and then you have the new EP. Well, or, no, there's only two. The two EPs, so it's yes. Skisser and, and EP two. But then you have something... Did you say you said you had uh, new music coming out? Oh, that's the one that I was talking oh, about. Okay. The, the new one. Oh, yeah, okay. that's okay. what I meant. Sorry. Okay. Um, are you excited? Early June, right? Yeah. June 3rd? 3rd, I yeah. want to say. Okay. Um, Correct. How can people get it? Uh, online, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Are you putting out a physical copy? Yeah. Okay. It's Yeah, that, that was a big thing. Feeling the... Feeling it? Yeah, getting it. I, I mean, look, I know people do digital releases, but I still think there is something about yeah. touching it. It's magical. I know it was record store yesterday, and like, I, I, you could just see people walking and like going through all the bins and touching everything. Yeah. There is that like tactile feel of of something. I don't know if it makes it more real. Does it, does it feel more real to you when you like actually yeah. put out the album? It does. Yeah? It becomes more, yeah. How do you get ready for putting out an album? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> But I think I'm ready. I am ready. You're ready? I'm ready. You're ready to just, like, get this out? Yeah. I'm really, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, and I'm looking forward to hear what people think about it. How much do you care what people think about it? I mean, you want people to like it, right? Of course. But um, I don't know if it ma- matters that much. Because you like for it. For the... I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's and that that's weird the, thing. Because it's the, art. You yeah. like you like the art that you created. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, nothing. No, nothing. But yeah, that that is the most important thing that you like. What? Yeah. Because then it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. Can you imagine putting out stuff that you hated just because you were trying to get other people to like it and they hate it? And you're like, no, that. But I don't like it either. Yeah. That'd be a weird. No. Thing. Yeah. No, I couldn't. But I guess you're never fully. What do you say? You, you always want to do more on oh. everything. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, think everyone is like that. At some point, you just got to put it out. You just have out. to drop it. You got to drop it. go. And then you write the next EP or yeah. two EPs or things like that. So are you excited to go on the road? Is gonna be, what do you, you know, how do you prepare for being on the road? Do you pack a lot of vegetables? I pack a lot of vegetables. Yeah? A lot of nuts. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> These are strange infos. Yeah. I like nuts. Yeah. They're good. Good to go. Good power on the road. <laughs> Perfect I don't know. snack. I mean, you can go on the road, you can just eat crap the whole time. At least you know that you have like good protein, something tasty, things like that. Mm. Are you going to be in Stockholm or Malmo this summer at all? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be in Malmo quite a lot. A lot. I'm going to work. Swedish summers yeah. are fun, though, because you get you know 20 hours of light. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It depends on where you are in the, in the country. Yeah. But, but it's amazing. It's amazing. Summers in Sweden, they're great. I mean, you got to pack... You know, two months of sunlight into twelve months of mostly non-sunlight and yeah. cold and things like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, I think we have time for one more song. Mm, great. But I want to make sure that people can follow you on Bandcamp, Facebook, Facebook. Okay. Yeah, and Tumblr as well. Just your name? Yeah, Alice Bowman. And that's B O M A N. Yeah. And Alice, spelled yeah. Alice. Yeah. 
No spaces, no nothing? Well, between Alice and Bowman. Well, obviously, but not on the Facebook, right? It's just slash Alice Bowman. No, because it's taken. Oh. From an old guy somewhere. Wait, an old guy? Yeah. An old guy named Alice. Oh, yeah, I guess Alice Cooper. No, it is taken anyway. And I was looking at... Oh, is it not a guy? Maybe it's an old woman. I saw a lot of pictures of an old guy. Well... Okay. There's a lot of numbers after Asboma, so I guess you have to Google it instead. Okay. You can't just... I don't know the numbers. Okay. There's a lot of numbers. Well, you're, you're easy to find on the, on the internet. Just search Alice Bowman. And the new EP, June 3rd, you can get that just pretty much online. Yeah. And then check you out at festival sites and everything like that. All the dates are up on Facebook. Most of the dates are up on Facebook. Most Looking at management. <laughs> management. Yes, Uh-oh. yes, most of it. Yeah, I think all of them for are For all there. the non... The, for the shows that you are playing, not the shows you are not playing. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Awesome. Well, I want to thank I want to thank everybody who came out uh, talk about James Beard Award. We will be back next week with another show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, go Flyers and Alice, take us out with one more song. Thank you. This one is called What. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.